inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello and welcome to another episode of Outlook. Yay! Good morning, everybody. Yes, good morning if you're listening to this on Radio Western or if you're listening to this later on on a podcast. Um, hi and good day. Good day. We're on, we're on all the services. Well, most of the popular services now. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course SoundCloud is where we've always been. Just search for Outlook on Radio Western. Yeah, that is always exciting. So we keep pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, just good to remind people. But uh, yeah, I guess we could start talking about what's in the news today. Uh, we don't have a guest on today's show, but um, next week we will be having one, I believe. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been having, we've had guests on the last last few weeks. It's just been Carrie and I, but uh, that's okay sometimes, right? Hopefully people don't always need guests. We're good enough sometimes, I think. Oh, we got lots to talk about. Yeah, we, we're back for another one of our, what we're, we're tagging as a Monday mixed bag. <laughs> Is that the order we're going with or mixed bag Monday? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't decide. <laughs> uh, hashtags are my specialty, I guess, but. Yeah, I'm not hard, sure. So hard to Maybe choose. Mixed bag Mondays maybe sounds best. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's anyway. a mixed bag episode. So we have a lot of different topics to touch on. Yes. Uh, Let's start with some of the stuff in the news, though. Wanna? Sure. So, I guess most people would have heard that, uh, I believe that was Sunday, that Alex Trebek died? Yeah, it was uh, quite the weekend for for news, and I was actually back in Woodstock visiting Carrie for the weekend. I'm back home in London now, as you can tell. Carrie is over FaceTime, but uh, yeah, I was back for three days and had all the election stuff with our neighbors to the south on the first couple mm -hmm. days I was there, Friday and Saturday, and then uh, I think it was Sunday yeah, that we found out that Alex Trebek passed away. And uh, I'm assuming most people have heard this news as he was even, he was actually born in, in Canada. Yeah, that's why I... Originally, I believe Sudbury I... is where he was born. Oh, was it Sudbury? That's what I read. I don't know if I caught that, but... Um, so yeah, very, very popular. And it was a big show... For, for me growing up and, and you, I think, we, we both watched it quite a bit growing up back in the 90s and into the 2000s. Yeah, so what TV used to be on, it was every night at 7 o'clock on, on our, the one channel, there'd be uh, Wheel of Fortune and there'd be Jeopardy. Yeah, Seven so... 7.30. Right, Jeopardy at 7.30 and that became a regular <laughs> thing growing up, going down to the basement and uh, watching at 7.30. And, uh, you, even some... watched, you, you even used to watch on dialysis, didn't you? Yeah, when, occasionally when I had night, when I had my dialysis in the evenings. Mm -hmm. um, Carrie and I both have kidney failure for any new listeners here, um, but we both have had transplants and are currently healthy and not on dialysis, but uh, we were in the past, and it, Jeopardy was just a good time passer, and you mentioned Wheel of Fortune. Now, back in those days, you could see a bit more, whereas for me, Wheel of Fortune was always pretty tough to follow, not being able to see. Whereas the nice thing about Jeopardy was it was, it's just questions. So whether you can see or not, it felt very accessible for me. And 
I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was great at it by any means, but I just always found it interesting and always liking, like to learn. And I just, Alex Trebek overall was just a really great game show host. I don't think anyone can really disagree with that. He was, he did his job perfectly. He really couldn't have been any better. So (laughs) I wouldn't think they could question it. Yeah, no, I, from what I heard, he, you know, was a pretty, um, kind hearted, big hearted guy and a very, uh, very smart guy, obviously. And, uh, but I'm kind of proud that he's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, he was 80 years old and he died of pan- pancreatic cancer, which is a, which is a, a nasty one to be getting. Right. And in so. interviews, he was very, he was just so very positive upbeat. and upbeat about things, pretty much saying, yeah, I realize this is a, this is a very serious cancer and I probably won't live very long, but I've, I've lived a great, good, full life. And, you know, he's just been very optimistic, which is, it's nice to see that sometimes just that at least. He kept <laughs> kept things going, and I don't know if I would be like that to continue working. Yeah. But at the same time, if it makes sometimes it makes you happy to be doing things, and he seemed to really enjoy hosting that show. Uh, but what did you think of Wheel of Fortune? Just to backtrack a little bit here, you being able to see a little bit more back in those days, you could probably follow it a bit easier, right? Um, I could. I could see the wheel being spun. I could see the um, board when Vanna White would walk. I could see her walking. And and replace and adding, um, you know, putting up the letters, um, and I think I could have seen the letters, but it would have been a sort of struggle. It's like it would have been like doing an eye test at my doctor. Hmm. Yeah, because you, <laughs> you could know? never, you still like would have had to read large print and stuff. So I don't know how yeah. it would have looked on a TV. I guess you could yeah. enlarge it to a degree, but well, it was. I think it was pretty colorful those sets, um, and I could see the different colored sections on the wheel and all this stuff but and i could see uh, it was easier when they had the final uh question because that was only one word you had to solve whereas the other one was a was like a phrase so it took more me looking from left to right on the screen and searching with my eyes to find the letters so it was it was hard to follow i could follow it and i used to watch it our grandparents used to love wheel of fortune uh used to watch it at their house so but yeah i preferred jeopardy also because i mean Back in the day, I actually could see, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to read the questions when they pop up on the screen. Um, I could only make out certain words and stuff, but I, you know, I, I really did rely on Alex to read the question, the answer, like he, he always did. So yeah, it was a very audible kind of accessible game show for us to watch. Yeah. And I think, uh, I just, anytime Wheel of Fortune was on and it makes sense, it's just, it's not very accessible for blind people, I guess. And for me, it would just be so much commotion because it was so loud with the wheel and all these sounds. (laughs) And it just, to me, it was just, I had no idea what was going on where Jeopardy felt like the total opposite to me. It was so quiet and relaxed and just very clear. Except when the Daily Doubles came. Well, yeah, sometimes it got a little bit, a little over the top, but for the most part, comparatively, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't nearly the same. So this is definitely something to, something that, was was pretty sad to hear about and you know we weren't surprised by it as he was dealing mm-hmm. with pancreatic cancer but just it's hard to imagine i know jeopardy yeah. will go on but it's hard to imagine watching it with a with a different host yeah but we, you know we all we, we our family grew up loving to kind of trivia games so yeah i, I went know. through a pretty big game show phase and you know i was yeah. into some other ones too who who wants to be a millionaire and stuff like that. But Jeopardy is really the one that stuck with me that I still, to this day, I haven't watched it as much lately, but I still, I still really like it. Yeah. I mean, it was more long lasting and, uh, yeah. Um, so I guess I'm not sure what's going to happen with Jeopardy, but I think he, he recorded 
multiple episodes a day close to up to when he died. And I think they air right through to Christmas Day. So if anybody hasn't heard that, if you want to check them out, it is going to be odd, I guess, to see Alex up there when we know he's not really here anymore. I saw, but, someone, um, post- I saw someone talking about that, though, and they were saying they were kind of unsure about watching him now that he's passed away and still seeing him there but that, <laughs> at the same time it was that ended up being kind of comforting and that's the thing i kind of felt about jeopardy it had this it was such a calm relaxed kind of feel to it that it was plus it became sort of a routine for me growing up so there was a certain comfort I <laughs> yeah. from from watching it and i think particularly because of alex trebek uh but yeah he yeah sorry. his voice and his voice and uh you know it, but it was a good challenging game it challenged our in our our intelligence challenged us to think and you know, guess. <laughs> um, but you, I mean, you, just a quick side note, you used to love rock and roll Jeopardy. Yeah, that, that was a, a side show that they did with uh, Jeff Probst was hosting that one. <laughs> um, so, you know, not not quite the same as regular Jeopardy, but I was... No. Unlike regular Jeopardy, where I would maybe get a couple of questions right or something on, on rock and roll, I could do I'd do quite a bit better. It would have been an interesting show if I ever actually could have got on that show. Um, I don't... I think yeah. it just lasted a f- few years maybe, but... Uh, yeah <laughs> occasionally yeah i think it was just maybe Two it was on seasons. um it, it was on much more music here in canada right right yeah um so when I, when I heard about alex passing and then thinking about talking about it on this show i also thought about watching jeopardy with you back in the day and a contestant by the name of eddie that kind of re- stuck in my mind because <laughs> um his name was eddie Tamanis. i think that's how you pronounce it t-i-m-a-n-u-s Um, he was a contestant back in 1999 he was 31 years old at the time and he was the first ever blind contestant on the show. Um, the show had been around since the sixties, but had an original host and then, uh, kind of, yeah, actually uh, the the show was as old as I am. It was, it, it, it came back with, with Alex in 84. Yeah. It was revamped back in 84 and that's when Alex started. Um, so up until then, I mean, it had run before that, before 84, but then between 84 and 99, there were no other blind contestants until 1999 where the first, the first ever blind contestant was on the show. Um, and he did, he did very well. As I was reading, he demolished all opponents for five straight days and <laughs> won around $70,000, I think us at the time. Nice. So I think at that point too, you could only play for a week or something. And then you had to, um, you had to move on. Yeah. It wasn't like today where you can go for weeks and weeks if you're able to. Well, who's that guest who went for the longest? What was his name? Ken Jennings, I think. Ken Jennings. I got him mixed up. I used to think that he was the, the guy who was blind. <laughs> yeah, and again, we were. I was 12 years old back in 99 when Eddie was on the show, and you would have been 15. So I just remember at the time it was quite exciting. And even if even if you weren't blind, I think for a lot of people it was. And that <laughs> some people might think about it as being a bit of a novelty or a bit of a because of this. But at the same time, it's it was still nice to see that. Um, I guess he was also a, um, a sports writer for USA Today. I think he still is. So oh, yeah. it seems like he, he does quite well. Um, yeah. And a couple other things about him that I wanted to point out that I always wondered sort of how, I mean, I, I would never be able to be on Jeopardy. I'm not, I don't have, I'm not at that level. Um, <laughs> you could, if you, if you, they well, all, usually you practice. If you yeah, practice, it's one of those things that it's. You could study for it. For sure. Occasionally, there would be a whole um, column category, I guess they call it, that I would have that would have been like, ooh, I, I'll do great with this, like like something about literature or, or right. geography that I was familiar with. Uh, but yeah. So I was reading, too, about a few of the 
accommodations they made for Eddie as a blind person uh, on the show. And I guess the first of these was that he received a card with the category names printed in Braille before each round. Because that way you oh. can you can still have them in front of you. I mean, you you would be able to remember them after they're repeated enough, but um, it's just yeah. nice to have the, the names in front of you. Although right, you he, can't you can't look up and see the board like everyone else and remember, oh, that's what the categories are left. Like, I mean, yeah, they'd sum it up well, and say there's a couple more left. But. Well, the only thing is I think, I don't think they could replace it throughout the round. Maybe now these days with refreshable Braille displays and, displays and stuff, they could. But at the time, yeah. he would just get the list before the round. So he would have to remember what category was already called out and what ones were done. Oh, uh, yeah. He wouldn't yeah, know yeah. that. But uh, I guess I guess he just kept track of that in his head. Um, yeah. And he was also given a Braille keyboard. I don't know what they're referring to exactly, a Braille display or a computer keyboard maybe, to type out his huh. name on the podium's computer and his response and wager for the final Jeopardy because that's where you know you have to right. write, write your response. So that was always cool to me because, I mean, I, I like to look at the screen, but I could never make out that because that was usually people's own writing. So it wasn't really legible for me. I couldn't read what it said very well. Mm, right. Handwriting. But I could see I could see it coming up on the screen below each person's face. Right. So another accommodation they made that there were no video based clues during his appearances. I don't mm. think I don't know how often they had the video ones, but I think every now and again. Yeah, certain categories they bring it in. Another interesting thing I read is that um, beginning with his appearances, contestants, they start, or contestants, can't even talk here. Contestants started out <laughs> the show already at their podiums instead of the old practice where they walked up to their podiums as they were being oh, yeah. introduced. And it's one of those things we always, we always deal with a little bit is when you are <laughs> called up for something or any awards in the past, it, it's one of those things you could do as a blind person, I think, but it's just it's not as natural, especially if it's, I guess you would, you could learn the, the layout and, and you could do it probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when I graduated uh, years ago, I just, I learned where I'd be walking, but if you, maybe you don't have a chance to, but if you can get in there and sort of practice ahead of time, it, it could be helpful, but not, not always, like you said, there's always new places, people you go and you, you might get called up without expecting it. And, and who knows, maybe, Sometimes when they make an accommodation like this, then it, they realize that this would be a better way to do it anyway, because it says that practice <laughs> yeah, yeah. became permanent starting in, uh, in September of 2000. So at that point, contestants weren't walking up to the podiums, as they were called. Nice. Um, and I also read that uh, Tamanis refused further accommodations. So I don't know what those further accommodations might, would have been. What? Um, that's what it says. That's, but, that's all it says. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's this is the internet, so who knows? I didn't mm. find any proof on that one, so kind of weird to even point out but um, maybe, maybe he's on twitter i can try and get a hold of him <laughs> right um so so yeah like i said those five days he was on for a week and one every day um but he did come back for some future tournaments and stuff and i also read that mm -hmm. alex trebek received one of six access awards from the american foundation for the blind in 2001 oh, really? for his role in accommodating to onto the onto the show oh. so that's kind of neat um, and then another thing I read is that when he was, he did come back a couple times for some of the tournaments and stuff that they had in the future. And in addition to the braille cards and computer keyboard provided on his earlier appearances, an audible tone that was in sync with the game board's lights was added in order to give him an indication of when he could begin buzzing in. So I guess they added some sort of tone that he could hear to know when the, when the lights were a go for them to start buzzing in. Cause I always wondered about that about the buzzer and I know that it doesn't kick in until uh the question is asked but I um, didn't remember about light a light coming on that's what I mean and I I can't see so I don't know exactly there is some sort of an yeah, indication 
There's definitely some yeah, sort I- of an indication that that contestants can see and it was pointed out from what i was reading that this was a minor thing like that this whole light thing i think is just a confirmation and does sort of help help control to know when you can when you can buzz in but it's not absolutely necessary i mean he didn't even have it back in 1999 when he was originally on the show this was just something Mm -hmm. they put in later probably just to make sure that things were totally equal and fair right they wanted to have that opportunity as well so I think that's pretty much everything I have to share. I just, I just thought that but, was really interesting, and I'm, I couldn't seem to find anywhere if there had been further blind contestants. They kept saying he was the first one. Well, what I'm going to say is, I think I, I, um, I didn't bring it up here, but I think that just recently I read, um, which organization was doing it? Because there's, because to get on the show, you have to be tested, right? You have to apply, and I don't quite know how that process works, but I think it wasn't accessible. So maybe when, um. When that contestant was on, maybe he had some sort of help. It doesn't say anything anywhere that you read about how he applied and stuff. No, all I could read was was that he tried a few different years to apply and didn't get in at first. And I I, mm. I read that they were they did sort of have him come in a couple times just to make sure that everything was accessible and accommodations. As far as the written mm-hmm. test, I don't know. It kind of said that he he filled out the written test, but yeah, it didn't really say how. So I'm not really sure how that accommodation worked in the, in the beginning in the 90s. Well, I think National Federation of the Blind put out a statement just recently that they finally made the application process accessible. So maybe, so, at, maybe at that point, some of the, someone from J- the Jeopardy team still had to help him fill it out or something. Yeah, I don't know. They, they would have had rules, obviously, so he couldn't cheat, but yeah. Yeah, so maybe there was, maybe there was some other, there must have been some other method because he had to, he had to complete something to be able to um, apply for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get into that, but I guess I, guess I can't well, cover everything. I think that I got quite a bit in there, so. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure most people have watched Jeopardy, um, one time or another so thought we'd share our experience with it yeah and just because it did actually have quite a bit of as if you listen to this show i mean you'd know that i I, it's not that i don't enjoy tv and movies i just don't really keep up with it enough but jeopardy was one of those shows i always did watch quite a bit growing up so yeah just wanted to talk about that for a little bit and say rest in peace alex trebek and yeah you will be missed times times change though it's part of life i guess so we're we're losing one 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 cool Canadian, <laughs> one yeah. cool Canadian. Yeah, he was cool. All right. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Condolences to his family. So yeah. So absolutely. that's one of the things in the news. Yeah, that was part of our weekend, I guess. But the first part that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite the quite the, f- the few days there. Quite the race. Uh, yeah. Last we checked, um, I keep wanting to talk about it, but not really wanting to talk about it. I did just want to mention specifically that, um, I mean, the world is recognizing Joe Biden as president-elect. So he had a speech there, I guess technically an accepted speech, uh, Saturday night. And so he and Kamala had one, his vice president pick. And I just, the speech was very uplifting compared to what we've been hearing out of the U.S. in the last four years and even parts of what we're hearing now. Um, and, and and you had heard that he was frail or wasn't up to this, but you're like, you listen to him speak on Saturday night, and you're like, what are they talking about? Sounds fine to me. Yeah, again, I haven't heard, I don't follow American politics super, super closely, um, but so I yeah. hadn't really heard him speak that much before the speech, 
but right. yeah, just from it's more so public all these rumors and all the stuff you hear out there. And I'm never one to pick sides until I actually can see for myself and make my own decision. I don't listen to anyone who's just giving their opinion. You know, I like to hear and experience for myself. But yeah, just based on from what I've heard, I mean, sure, he is he is 78, which is is quite old. And I mean, I don't quite understand why it always has to ends up being someone very old but at the same time from what i could tell he seemed he seemed fine to me and seemed like a good mm. good president so i mean he hasn't he's just starting but overall well i'm talking specifically anything. about the speech yeah yeah no <clears throat> the, it seemed seemed great to me i didn't notice any anything um and and he actually mentioned the word disability in the speech which there was a big um shout shout of joy on social media from people with disabilities after that disability americans with disabilities of course and then some people were you know saying already well <laughs> why it's sad that we get this excited when when finally we the word gets we get mentioned once sort of near the end of his speech but i choose to look at that differently obviously um harris being in there now is the first woman um vice president which hopefully one day will lead to women presidents and uh she was also um a woman of color. Her her mother was born in India, I believe, South Asian. So yeah, so it's a very inspirational thing for 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 young girls and women, and should be for everybody really. And that's part of what this show's about. Outlook. We're you know, we are all about in you know inclusivity and uh, diversity and supporting those things. So we support that on Outlook. So that's basically our statement. And anybody who might not know that already, I guess, obviously hasn't listened. To, obviously hasn't listened to us very much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, disability and blindness in particular is our main focus on this show. But we 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 want to we want to highlight all all diversity and all all uh, types minorities, of people, yeah. all, all, min- all minorities. So anything that you know, like you say, Indigenous women, um, Black Lives Matter, all of this stuff, we we like to talk about on this show. And uh, it would be good good to get some more guests uh, covering up those areas in the future. But again, blindness and disability are still the main focus, but all of these things do are do have um, something in common. So we're all mm-hmm. we're all minority groups. So we all have to work work with each other and, and and everything. So yeah, it is good to see the word disability. And like you say, it's easy to. I just I think it's important to stay optimistic and not sure. Like we we do comment sometimes too how we're often mentioned last in the lists of things. Not not in the sense that we we think anyone's more important than anyone. It's just. It seems to be a pattern that disability is still kind of a afterthought or afterthought, at least yeah. last on the list. But at the same time, at least it's on the list. And like you say, it was mentioned in that speech. So let's let's stop being too negative all the time. And uh, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with celebrating and, and saying at this like At this moment, I'm looking for any uh, optimism I can find. Yeah. And it, it's not to say in 10 years from now, if someone just mentions disability once in a speech and that's it, we're going to keep being excited. Things do need to change, but I think <laughs> you can't complain. You got to start somewhere. Well, what they were saying is that the disability community is a huge voting block and they have to start paying attention to that. Politicians and people. For sure. Yeah. That's why we got to get loud. Sorry, people. Sometimes we got to get loud. <laughs> you and I aren't great with that, but. Yeah, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. So what else is what else is new that you wanted to cover? We got about five minutes left here in the first half of today's show. Uh, yeah, I'd say um, the kind of things I've been up to lately um, have been well. This morning I just just came from a yoga lesson, but I say came from it was it's so now everything's so nice. It's just all happening in my house over Zoom. 
Uh, I do yoga in my bedroom with uh, uh, the instructor who's all the way over in Quebec. And uh, then I started doing uh, violin lessons again. And I, I, I did that since I turned, was it 32? Yeah, it would have been uh, 2016, I think. Yeah, 2016. I rented a when violin for my birthday. For my birthday, and then I, I just ended up buying it a couple months later, and I, I got a great teacher, and she, um, she taught me a lot in those first three years. Yeah, we've had and her actually she, on. Yeah. We had her on this show, uh, right. last, back in 2019, Gianna. So that's an right old, before she left. An old podcast episode. If you search Outlook on Radio Western, Gianna, you'll, I'm sure you'll find it. That was a great episode to have her on, and uh, yeah, like you said, a great mm. teacher. But then, yeah, she had to. She moved on, like most people do, and you guys didn't switch over to virtual because this was before the pandemic, and that wasn't really the top of people's yeah. minds at the time. Right. Uh, but but more recently, yeah, I was able to connect you with someone that I kind of knew through a friend, and uh, you've had two lessons now. And actually, when I was back in town here this past weekend, one thing we can quickly touch on is tuning, which is something that you never did with yes. the other teacher. So, what what did you what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things that I told myself I could never, it would be so hard and I, can, I can't do this. And I, so I just didn't even try. And uh, as we've said before, if you know the term perfect pitch, uh, Brian has it, I do not. Um, and my new teacher, her name is Carrie, just like mine and me and spelled the same way. So we both like the same music. So we have a lot in common. Uh, but of course, her siblings have perfect pitch and she does not. So we like to talk. We talked the other day about lessons and she was saying how I have she seemed pretty impressed with, um, like, she would play a note and I would follow her on my violin and, and play until I found what she just played by, you know, listening. And she was impressed by that, right? Right. So she, we were saying I have relative pitch. Yeah, you still, your your ears are b- better than than s- some might be. And it is it is just like a natural sort of skill or uh, thing that some people have and some people don't. And yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a difference, but at least... At least you can still hear a note and and find it by by listening and playing until you you can tell that it sounds the same. And I used to take lessons in the practice rooms at Western University in the music building from my teacher, and and she didn't always have her violin with her. Occasionally, there'd be a piano in the room, and she'd help. She'd do a scale and play the keys, and I'd. But this is nice with Carrie because she she'll play her violin and I'll play mine. And actually, Tuesday I put on these headphones I'm wearing here with the microphone on and. I thought it might get in the way of my violin, but it didn't. So she could hear me better and I could hear her better right in my ears that way and still play the violin. But tuning, yeah, you you and I just went for it on the weekend and I have this app called uh, Talking Tuner and you just hold it up to the string and you play this, you pluck the string and it'll tell you what note it is. And at first we were turning the big knobs, the four big knobs on my violin. And then we realized once you're close enough, you just turn the little tiny knobs. Yeah, I'm not, the tuner tuner knobs. So. I don't. I'm not used to that with guitar. I just turn, I have the big or big ones on the guitar, but not this fine adjustment ones. Um, but yeah, I was surprised actually because, like you say, I have perfect pitch, so I've never went for it. Although my perfect pitch is isn't always exactly perfect to where I can tune a guitar fine by ear, but sometimes it'll all be sharp. So all the notes are in <laughs> tune with each other, but they're all maybe a little bit sharp. So even yeah. this talking tuner might help for me, and it was really neat. You, like you say, you just play the note; it'll, and you have to know the names of your strings, obviously, what notes they're supposed to be. But if you play mm-hmm. your D string, it'll say C sharp, or it'll say, you know, however many cents flat or sharp it is. So that's in between semitones. So like in a in a C and a C sharp, in between those notes are are the are these cents. So it'll say, I forget exactly how it even words it now that I'm mm-hmm. not around there. But it'll it'll tell you if you're 50 cents sharp of a uh, of of D, and then you know that you're a little too high, and you have to you have to fine adjust back a little bit. 
Right. Um, and then once it's in tune, it tells you it's in tune. So I was just, I was excited to see that there is an accessible one out there and that you were able to use it and uh, tune it up yourself. Me too. Because it's not something my teacher could just do for me now. And I shouldn't have let my old teacher do that all the time. I didn't learn that way, right? But there's no way to tune over Zoom. But it's there's there's advantages and disadvantages. And I think we're getting it worked out. Yeah, so that's that's great to so see. I, le- in. I learned one little bit of a song. Um, I ended up searching it on Apple Music, and she did mention it was more like a bluegrassy type song. So it's called Liza Jane. People have heard of it. Um, it's pretty catchy, but when I asked Apple Music to play it, she, she gave me a, a Vince Gill song, which isn't quite my kind of music. I prefer just the violin. <laughs> but you got to love country music when there's fiddle, I guess, you know? Yeah, if you're going to get into that instrument, then I guess you have to accept that there would be a little bit of country in there, but it can be used Mm. in any genre. Uh, But we are coming up on the halfway point of today's show, so we're going to be right back with more Mixed Bag Monday here today on Out. Welcome back, listeners. You are listening to Outlook this morning on Radio Western 94.9, and we are here talking about a mixed bag of things on this Monday. Yes, another uh, co- <laughs> yeah. Mixed Bag Monday. We covered the election um, Alex and Trebek. hopefully some, and some change there. And yeah, the, the, the loss of Alex Trebek here in Canada and everywhere it's being felt, I know. And we were talking about your recent uh, stuff you've been working on, your violin, you got back into that, and yoga. So I'm sure we'll continue with updates on future shows. I know violin's only been a couple lessons since you yeah. started up again, and I think yoga's probably been kind of new too because you you used to do it there for a few weeks but uh you haven't been doing it as much well one thing i quickly wanted to point out (laughs) sorry that i just thought is i was doing yoga this morning and i i'm not really expert about the difference between yoga and pilates i I was doing both recently but i was doing these head rolls and it made me think about the action that a lot of blind people do young uh, old i don't know if it matters um we had a guest on a couple weeks back who is a mother of a little blind boy who's about one and a half and he started pressing on his eyes with his thumb or with his fist and that's what you used to do as a little boy but also some blind people will sort of rock back and forth or they'll sort of rock their head around it's just a different sound you're getting when you can't see you you hear things in a different way and but i was just thinking is like all the times that that was said to be weird you stand out if you do that. And people will stare. Now it's just accepted because that's what you do to stretch your neck in yoga. It just made me f- laugh a little. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting how how certain things are, and yeah, it accepted went- and unacceptable in society. And right, and it is just one of those things that since your eyes are just there and they don't, you don't use them for really anything. It's kind of like I think that was kind <laughs> of the pressing on the eyes just became a habit. And yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird how those things do develop, and I don't quite know exactly why but i think it just has something we to call do them with we call them blindisms uh but yet like i said it's a it's a common stretching in yoga the, the head one anyway yeah it's it's one of those or top, a, a variation of it it's one of those tough topics because you know you don't want to you don't want to insult anyone for for anything and no. it's 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 not a it's not a bad thing always but at the same time you do want to you do want to fit in with other people and, and not always stand out and for example me pushing on my eyes i'm glad that growing up i had a our our blind or teacher for the blind uh, really stressed that I shouldn't be doing that and had a whole system set up for me to to get money mm-hmm. or chips at the end of the week if I didn't push on my eyes and that's just for my own health too and for how I look and there's just I don't know it's something to something to think about but we'll we'll get into that more on a later show I, I think that's an interesting observation you point out though 
Yeah, but you want to move on to your demonstration? Okay, I feel like I'm extra busy on this episode here today. Uh-oh, we're, we're going to test you here. Yeah, so I don't know if we've mentioned it really at all on the show before, but on Facebook and probably some of these other services too, that Facebook's Instagram kind of the, now. Yeah, Facebook's kind of the only one that I use, um, but I know there's mm-hmm. other ones out there that people use. Um, but there's a, there's a feature called alt text, and I'm just kind of reading a bunch of this from the actual Facebook help pages. But um, just oh. in case any of our listeners would like to know, we figured it would go through a demonstration of how to add alt text to a photo. So mm-hmm. starting off with a basic definition, automatic alt text, which is a newer feature on Facebook by default, it uses object recognition technology to provide a visual description of a photo for the blind and vision loss community. So this is just a basic thing that a picture, Facebook, whatever technology they use, will see a photo and it'll be able to identify there's trees in this photo, there's three people, there's grass, like, you know, well, you've, you've seen yeah. it on many photos. I saw, I saw one today that said twilight, ocean, cloudy. Yeah, there's just different. And it is. So it, it gives you a basic idea of what's in the photo. So as we say, it's good to have options and things usually start in steps. You get one step. With somewhere so you get somewhere with one step of you know and then you get somewhere with another step of progress later so this is something but it wasn't quite enough you know people who do care about photos which isn't every blind person some are able to let that go by and, and it doesn't matter to them but other others like to know and it, we want to be more specific than that and we want people if they can give a bit of time you have time to do other things it you know it doesn't have to take you long you're in charge of what you write in this alt text but it's got to be better than what, you know, these AI and all these recognition things. Yeah, do. so the, the AI things are, are great, these recognitions. And, and even those have gotten better. I mean, back in mm-hmm. a few years ago with Facebook, it wouldn't say anything about a photo. It would just say photo. Um, and yeah. then, you know, it's, it's still, like I say, it's, it's kind of vague to some degree, but at least it's telling you, giving you a bit of an idea what's in the photo. Um, but then now there's this new feature where you can replace this text to provide a, to provide a better description of a photo. Um, and you just have to keep in mind that this description will only be read if someone is using a screen reader. So that is voiceover or um, whatever it may be on, on a computer of someone who's blind. If you're sighted, you won't, uh, you won't see this description, I don't think. Yeah, it, it, that's what's kind of neat. For once, it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with visual. It's not there visually. Yeah, it's like an extra bonus. And I mean, it makes sense you wouldn't need it there. but No, um, but that's why some people, people probably would, don't even know people, what we're talking about because yeah, people won't even know what we're talking about, and uh, we're trying to make it more mainstream and more more well known around around so that people can tell their friends and they'll tell their friends, and maybe it'll the word will spread. Yeah, so it just makes it a lot more customizable if you can put in your own alt, automatic text into a photo um, or alternative text. I guess it's called alt text. Yeah, it's alternative. Yeah. Um, not automatic. So yeah, you can do this, and then that way you can really describe what's in the photo. So. I thought I would start by giving um, directions for visual for people to do it who can see visually. Um, This is a big thing that if you're listening right now, something I would just consider doing. I mean, who who knows if you have anyone who's blind on your on your on your Facebook list, but at the same time, you might post anywhere where someone might see it, and it's just it's about being inclusive everywhere. So yeah, you never know. Um, and again, these these visual instructions are always a little weird for me. I mean, I looked these up online as well because I do it a different way, which I'll demonstrate after. So it's it's hard to know exactly if these are these are accurate, and it might vary depending on where you're doing this. I think these are more specific to a f- doing it on a phone, but I'm assuming on a computer it's relatively the same mm. idea. Um, yeah. But anyhow, so pretty much what you would do is 
you find the photo that you posted that you want to add your own alternative text to and you tap on the top right of the photo and then this brings up a bunch of options and one of them is edit alt text so you tap on that and then once you do that you'll see the automatically generated alt text in bold and this is like i said the text that by default happens with whatever technology facebook is using so this normally this will always start actually with image may contain and you can see mm. how it's it doesn't know for so sure. Vague. Yeah, it's keeping it vague, and that's where it would say, you know, three people. Doesn't want to, doesn't want to make any promises. Yeah, this is uh, this is artificial. Obviously, it's not not people even reading this. So, and the one other thing it does do is now now is if um if the person posting this image is in the image, Facebook recognizes that, so it'll say three people, including. Right. such and such whoever posted and that's it, a so. face recognition thing which is other mm -hmm. technology that's coming along quite well um so so once you get to that point where you see the automatically generated text you tap on override generated alt text so once you tap on override generated alt text you can type your own alt text into the box so whatever you know you can give a very detailed description of the photo instead of just three trees you can explain the trees a bit you can say if, what kind of trees they are what color they are if you want how tall they are you know you can just be as descriptive as you want um and then you tap or for whatever time allows right i mean yeah some these descriptions sometimes when i'm typing one like the last couple that i've tried to enter in it'll say alt text is normally 100 characters it does seem to let me it lets me type longer um, okay and i mean i get it in the sense that you don't necessarily want to always you know nobody has to have feel responsible to describe for write an essay to describe a photo um anything maybe a bit more yeah. than just two plants and but it's your whatever. photo and you get you, get, yeah, you, you should think about you, you should think think about what you what you might want somebody to to know about it that might come along come across it who might be blind and can't see the photo yeah you want to you know? try your try your best to describe it as as detailed as possible um so i'll just read through those instructions quickly once more for sighted people so if you want to add alternative text to a photo so a blind person knows what's in the photo, you can tap in the top right of the photo and then tap on edit alt text. Then you'll see the automatically generated alt text in bold, starting with image may contain. And then you can tap on override generated alt text and type your own alt text in the box, then tap save. So then when, uh, when a blind person comes across this photo, they'll, they'll uh, hear the text that you put in you won't see it so if you click save and it's not there don't worry about it because it is there it's just mm -hmm. hidden from from the sighted eye hidden from view yeah hidden from view so i figured i would also just quick do a demonstration for any listeners who are blind i mean you might already know how to do this but you might not so i figured i'll turn the voiceover on on my on my iphone and quickly go through a demonstration of how to do it if uh, if you're blind, and this will also give our sighted listeners a bit of an idea of how we how we use our phones. So and listen up, you, you might be able to re recognize the words. We, you did slow it down, right? So yeah, I slowed down the voiceover so you can understand a bit more what it's saying. Um, so what what I'm going to do is demonstrate with a photo that we already have on our Outlook page, and we already have the uh, the alt text written for it. It's just not inserted yet. So I'm going to turn on voiceover right now. You'll hear it say speech on. Speech on. And then I'm going to go to this photo. This is a photo of when we posted the episode with Tom Decker a few weeks ago, a tribute to Tom Decker. We had a photo, actually, that um, I think 
Pam at the time, the, the program director probably took it of us in the studio with Tom. Yeah. Um, so we had this picture and our mom actually gave us a descri- good description of it. So I knew what was exactly in the photo, but I wanted to make this our page accessible, of course. So I inserted the text in, but I've taken it out. So I'm going to put it back in. So right now we can hear what the, I'm coming up to the photo right now. And this is what the automatically generated text is that the, uh, that Facebook software used. So you'll hear it right now. Eight photo image may contain three people, people sitting and indoor. So as you heard, it said three people, people sitting and indoor. That does not sound very safe in COVID times, but luckily this was, uh, <laughs> yeah, this was our fourth ever episode back in 2018. Back in 2018. So yeah, as you can tell there, it's, it's not the most detailed description. Photo. Image may contain nope. three people, people sitting and indoor. So now as a voiceover user, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the photo and I'm going to double tap on it with, with one finger. Photo. Image may contain page one of one photo. Image may contain three people. So there's the photo button. So now I'm going to swipe over. So there's a close button. Cap C. Tag close. Tag friends button. Tag friends button. Cap T. Add location button. Add location button. Oh, these are all things you could click on and then do. More button. Now there's a more button. So I'll, I'll double tap on that with one finger. This is how we more. use an Alert. iPhone. Delete photo button. Now there's a bunch of other options here in more. Delete photo. Make profile picture for page. Button. I'll just flip through these. Save photo. Button. Copy photo. Button. Share. Button. Send in messenger. Button. Edit caption. Button. Edit alt text. Button. There we go. Edit alt text. Um, And again, like we talked about before with the iPhone and like Tom Decker actually really talked about, I could have actually touched. Edit caption. Button. Turn off notification. Edit caption. Edit alt text. Button. To find edit alt text. Instead of swiping through all those other options, now that mm-hmm. I know where it is on the screen, I could have done that. Um, but I just figured for today I would just go through the other options so people could hear them. So I'm on edit alt text, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tap on that. Cancel button. So it brings me to the cancel button. I'm just gonna continue do my swiping right for now. Change alt text heading. So it says change alt text heading. The automatically generated alternative text for this photo is so now it just said the automatically generated alternative text for this photo is... Image may contain three people, people sitting and indoor. And that's what we heard before. Image may contain three people, people sitting Add and indoor. Add alternative text that describes the contents of the photo for people with visual impairments. And then you can see there it actually says specifically, Add alternative text that describes the contents of the photo for people with visual impairments. And again, this is on all Facebook. This isn't just for blind people. This is on everyone's Facebook if you get... If you get into the edit alt text, you'll see this the same same information. I swipe over once more. Brian, carry, save, button. Oh, for some reason. See, we did work on this text before, and it, the text save. seems to be Brian, still in here. Add alt turn. Brian, mm. Here's carry. the area where you and can Tom enter the city text. text field. Is editing. <laughs> that would be an edit box, right? Yeah, so that would be the edit to- box where it says override automatically generated text. For some reason, the text is already in here. And then, like I said, I already put it in before, and I, I tried to take it out for this demonstration, but... It's a little confusing. Anyway, let's just pretend that there's nothing in there. And I go into this box here and I type in what they've put. So I'll just, I'll just let voiceover say what uh, the, the description that our mom helped us write. Text field is editing. Brian, Carrie, and Tom are sitting around the desk inside the radio studio with microphones and headphones. Brian is sitting on the left, Carrie on the right, and Tom with the long white beard at the back center. Brian and Carrie have braille displays in front of them. You can see the mixer next to Brian on the desk. Character mode. Insertion point at end. So as you can tell, it's a very long 
detailed description, maybe even a little bit longer than it would have needed to be, but it can never be too long, really, when you're describing a photo, if, if there's enough to say. Um, and and we've had some good feedback on that photo, actually, the description um, when, the other day from a blind friend of ours on Facebook. And, uh, of course, it's our mother, so she's grown up with us. <laughs> well, we've grown up with her. And as she said uh, to the friend on Facebook, um, yes, that thank you for the compliment. Uh, she said she was taught well. So just having us as her children helped her realize how you how you can be detailed and describing things like that so she's had practice not everybody's had that practice i like to think of writers who i have a lot of my on my facebook that should be a good challenge for you as a writing assignment or like a little you know a little yeah well it's one of those things and that's why i, I don't want to i don't say everyone has to be as detailed because it's not always an easy mm -hmm. thing to do if you're not used to no. describing photos and and it's all about you know trying trying your best and giving as any detail that you can think of it doesn't have to be perfect or anything it's anything's better no. than nothing right so um so yeah anyway just just such a great description there maybe i'll read it out just so people know if they didn't quite get the voiceover so it says brian carrie and tom and again i'm naming the people here too which if you didn't know these people you might not know their names so sometimes it can you can give even more info than someone would know by just looking at it but the real goal yeah. is to is to try to just say what people are missing so Brian Carey and Tom are sitting around the desk inside the radio studio with microphones and headphones. Brian is sitting on the left, Carey on the right, and Tom with a long white beard at the back center. Brian and Carey <laughs> have braille displays in front of them. You can see the mixer next to Brian on the desk. So very descriptive. Go. I mean, I wouldn't have... I mean, I, would have, I wouldn't be surprised to know that Tom had a beard, but that's not something, as a blind person, I would think about right away just by... Assuming well, we there's a photo with him, I mean, we don't we don't touch a friend's face to get to know them. We just hear their voice and get to know them by talking to them, and <laughs> that tells us enough of what we need to know. But it's always nice to learn some other physical characteristics. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I'm I'm sorry that the text was already in there. I did try to delete it earlier so that we could start fresh, but for some reason, it's it's showing back up. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, I don't think so either. So normally it would say override generated text. You'd click on that and it would bring you into this same edit box that I'm in now. So once I'm done typing in the text, which I just read to you. Save I'll button. Swipe over in there. It says save button. So if I click on that. Page one of one. Photo. I photo. So now image it would have saved photo. it. Now Close. it button. probably won't read it right away because I have to I have to reset the whole page to get it to read it with the Back. photo. Refresh. In the um, Refresh. So I don't know if it's worth doing that now or not, but uh, either way, once you click mm. save, it'll show up in the photo. So then when someone who's blind comes across that post, they see photo, it won't say image may contain three people sitting indoors. It'll actually say the big description I just read with Brian, Carey, and Tom sitting in the studio with headphones and everything else. So yeah, pretty amazing that, that this technology is continuing, continuing to develop and get better and better. So just a nice feature and... You know, people aren't always going to remember to do this, but I think it's important that people know it's out there. And sure, if 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 it's faster and you don't remember this, you can always just add the text into your regular post. You can describe the photo for the bl for blind. You can just say, "In this photo is this, this, and this." You can add that into the post. But this is a really neat way because it just embeds it in there, and you don't even notice it. It's just right there for yeah. anyone who does need it. So I'm gonna but turn this. This is off. the place. Speech off. <laughs> speech off. Occasionally, you'll hear uh, our voice over our phones on this show. We uh, we don't leave them on all the time, but it's good to show how we're doing that behind the scenes. Yeah, it's about 
it's about being professional. I mean, for for this show, for our notes and stuff, I don't always want the voice talking over top of me on, on the air or something. Um, no. But at the same time, it is something that we, we do here every day. We have our Braille displays as well, which helps. We can shut off the voice sometimes, but other times we don't. So, it's, you know, it doesn't hurt to have it come onto the show every now and again. And we're all about accessibility here. So I really just want this to get out so that it becomes common knowledge. Yeah, I will. Um, I will post both instructions in the notes for this podcast once it gets posted. Yeah. So anyone can just uh, go to the podcast page on any of the services and uh, and see the full descriptions here of how, how this is done for both sighted and blind people. Right. Well, I hope that summed it up quite well. We've got about 10 minutes left on today's show, so I feel like I've done a lot of talking. Uh, I'm going to turn things over to you. <laughs> Are you sure? That's funny, eh? All right. Well, sticking to this uh, accessibility theme, I just wanted to quickly mention a few things that are going on lately. Um, one of them was with me and the other was with you. We'll get to both, perhaps. Um, mine happened to be I ordered, I did order a book from Sela, Sela, how do you call it? Uh, um, the what library that stand that's, for again, do you know? Um, something excess, excess, or er, no, I'd have to look again. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what it stands for. It's the, <laughs> All it's, these acronyms. It's the CNIB's library, essentially. Yeah, it, it became what CNIB library used to be. Right. And it's an, it's an equitable, you know, it's an equitable library service. They produce Braille books or you can, down, you can download books and you can get talking daisy books, they're called. Uh, so whatever, however you read. I read both, but I do like Braille and... I will get books from wherever I can get them, whether it's Nels, which is one we promote, uh, National Network for Equitable Library Service. We actually know that one. Um, or Sila, I'm going to take books where I can get them. And I recently, last episode we had here, uh, we did. I did a few book reviews of books I've been reading, and one of them was The Blind Mechanic. Yeah, which I actually uh, have here now in Braille. Carrie lent me the copy that she had, and uh, I just started reading it today. I actually got to the table of contents, but I will be talking about it on future shows. So here's another thing that could use a good demonstration. Uh, maybe we'll find like a link to put in the podcast notes that explains the Braille cell for people who don't really get it. Uh, but if you, you can Google it anytime and you can, I'm sure it yeah, just you comes can see up. Images of it and large. Yeah. Thing. So basically each cell it's called becomes a character that becomes part of a word. And so each cell has six dots. And they go down in columns, right? So one, two, three down on the left, and then on the on the right, starting at the top, you go four, five, six. Right. That's so what then, they're labeled. Dot one is top left. Dot two yeah. is right underneath that, and dot three is right underneath that. And then you go over to the right of dot one, and then you get four below that, five below that, six. And yeah. each letter is a combination of dots from that cell. So, for example, mm -hmm. A is dot just dot one. B is dot one and two together, and so on. Yeah. So, I'm not up on the math. How much room would you say there is between each dot in a Braille cell? Like a, centim a millimeter? Yeah, I'm not really sure. My measurements yeah. aren't very good. I mean, if you have we the dots, measured it. if you have, say you do a full cell, which is all six dots at the same time, there's not much space in between the dots. No, it, there isn't. It kind of feels like one one thing. If you take your fingernail, you can feel there's a little gap yeah, between a, each there's dot. There's definitely a tiny little, yeah, they're not blend together totally or anything but but a full braille cell does feel pretty solid 
Right. But or even if you put yeah. even if you put a braille cell and then another braille cell next to it, they are pretty close to each other. And that's they because are. yeah, it's because they're a full cell, so they're gonna they're not gonna leave much space in between. But unless we're talking about novelty braille, which you can get tactile dot dot braille dots on jewelry now and on t shirts and everywhere. That can be different sizes. Um, you could still kind of see it or make it out. But when it's braille that we're standard braille that we're reading it's it's always a certain amount apart every time computer generated um now with our electronic braille generated it's 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 got gaps but they're 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 the same every time right so, and i mean when you use a brailler or something it would automatically you type a, a letter and then it moves you right to the next cell so there's no blending of any of these any of these distances it it moves you right to the to the next one so there is automatically a tiny gap plus for example, when, when you do a letter A, I mean, this might be confusing to explain, but A is a dot one. So you still have dots four, five, and six right to the, to the right of that A that are empty. It doesn't mean the next letter you do a B right in those spots. They, they still be, they're still left empty because each letter takes up the space of an entire cell. So you have to leave the rest of that cell open and then start at a whole new fresh cell to do the next letter. So, because for us to feel it with our fingers... And then to make the brain finger brain connection to know what the word is, it has to be a standard. Yeah, because if, it, if there's no if there's not a distance like we're used to, that's that's set by however however many millimeters it is or whatever. If there if that distance yeah. isn't totally there, then certain uh, letters can blend into the next letter, and then it makes a whole different kind of symbol that we a, that isn't <laughs> even anything. It's not yes. real braille. So my brain, I kept coming across words in this blind mechanic book that I was like, hey, what is that word? Because my brain wasn't computing it properly because I was used to Braille being feeling a certain way under my fingertip. And whatever's going on with this book that they sent me, uh, they, it, what, the computer, whatever they used, whatever program they used to print these books was messing up and nobody was catching it. And I sort of wondered, is it just me? Is it just this one book? So I, I brought it up to the SELA team. And they said, oh, we're very sorry. We'll look into it and we'll, we'll print you a fresh copy and send it to you. And I wouldn't have needed it because I did make it through the book. And here's where I feel sometimes like I'm complaining. But yet I got to tell myself that it's not, there's nothing wrong with me expecting more than that. So I actually looked into it um, on Facebook in a few groups to see if anybody else had noticed this issue. And obviously not enough people, you know, they, Sela wasn't being bombarded with people complaining about this. Uh, but they sent me a second copy of the book a week later and I opened it up and it was the same problem again. So I don't know what's going on there at the SELA headquarters, wherever they, wherever they are located, uh, but something's up and they need some quality control testers or something. Blind people that can actually say this is not right and this, this can't be the way it is. It's not, it's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, their, their library was revamped. Uh, over the past few years, I think, because this was never an issue for us back in the day. This is a new thing that you've noticed just from recently starting to get books through Sela mailed to you, and and you actually lent me that book, The Blind Mechanic, and I know I know exactly what you mean when I'm feeling it. It's it's not that I can't read it. It's still it, we, I, I, you know, it's it's like if something's smushed together a little more, I can still understand it, but it's just not as easy to read, and it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right. And and like you point out, it's it's interesting to see, imagine like. Do other blind people not notice this? Do, the, do some notice it and they don't care? I just, it makes you wonder when you, because I don't, I don't well, think you've seen anyone else mention this, have you? Not until I brought it up in the Facebook group. Then one other person brought it, said, yes, I noticed that too. And you know what they said also? 
What? They said, I, I was afraid to say anything because I didn't want Braille production to stop completely because I can't re- listen to audiobooks. I'm not sure why they can't, but but I can read Braille. And so they were just afraid to say anything. Yes, yeah, that's... I, I just... That's sad. Right. And I think that's sort of this... It's Part of that is a Canadian trait to some degree, I think. <laughs> um, and But part of it is just that, where it's... We are controlled... Like, we are run by this monopoly, the CNIB, which is the, the main group here in Canada that most people know of and have heard of. It's this one big corporation or organization. I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, I guess it's it's a charity technically. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's this control that that has. And then you people do feel like they have no other options and, and they don't want to rock the boat and all of this. But at the same point, nothing's ever going to change if it's, if it's not, uh, if nobody brings it up. And I just, I sometimes question why everyone is so silent about yeah and that's why we're part of the canadian federation of the blind because we're trying to gather blind people together so that we not so we're not just one little voice in a big crowd right and i just this is this is about accessibility and this is why i push for options i pushed it with my librarian in woodstock here and he turned me down he said you have sila you don't need anything else well what if sila does go out of production because their machines break what if they can't produce Braille that's appropriate for me to read? I don't don't I deserve an option, a choice there? All right, well I that's think so. some that's some food for thought for our listeners here, and uh, thanks again for <laughs> for joining us today. We all need options. We don't want to just settle for one thing, and uh, don't be afraid if there's any any issues with anything. Make sure you you bring it up. So thanks for yeah. listening. This will be up as a podcast soon, and. We will be back next week with more Outlook on Radio Western. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.